Can I be stone? Can I be high? Can I be blazed? Can I be baked? Can, 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 can I be real? Can I be real? <laughs> <laughs> What up, what up, what up, y'all? This is Canna Be Real, the podcast where we talk about all things weed, edibles, all the things, man. Um, we are live at the Lincoln Lodge Podcast mm-hmm. Studio um, in Chicago. My name is Kadeem, a.k.a. the Bama Burner, a.k.a. Big Loud Never Silent. <laughs> and then I'm joined with my co-host. I am Kels the Comic, a.k.a. Still just kills the comic. Boo! <laughs> we want something new, Kel. No, man. We got to we gotta keep it consistent. Like, you I'm got a- the flair. I got the hair. Like, that's what we going to do. You like that? <laughs> you got the flair. I got the hair. <laughs> Shout out to my stylist. <laughs> so good to see you. How is life? Good to see you. Everything is good. Um... I'm like 20% high right now, so. Oh, yeah. only 20%? That's only a little 20%. low for you, girl. That's a little low. I was expecting a little 50. I was trying to be professional and shit, so like, <laughs> you know, trying like to be that. out here, be real, be a podcaster. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah you got, you know, you can't, you got to balance. You can't be too high. You know, that's like <laughs> exactly. going to the, when you go to like a, a company party and somebody too drunk like this, man, going to lose his job. Exactly. He, he ain't going to be here next exactly. week. Exactly. I'm trying to get to the next episode. I right? like that. I like right. that. Exactly. So how so, are you doing? Um, I'm good. Um, I'm I'm high off life right now. You know, <laughs> okay. a lot of good things are happening. Um, just enjoying, you know, what okay. whatever life throws at me. I need to be at least at least a little thirty percent high. Okay, I need to be at that point. At okay. Least. So I have a question though. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that jacket. Oh, oh, you can talk about the jacket. Look, can we talk about the swag? About the Lincoln Lincoln drip? Can we, can we do the? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And also, shout out to the Lincoln Lodge, where we are filming this podcast, and they help produce and pub. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Lincoln Lodge. Shout out to one of the best producers of podcasts in the <laughs> city. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, so today, we're talking about Shaitiva, and I can't wait to hear what your review is. Shaitiva is amazing. I went a couple um, a couple weeks ago. Um, it is a a lounge in the city, right? Okay. And there's the reason why I specify it's a lounge is because when I got in there, we were they had a bunch of different events. I go into the events later, but uh, me and my girl Andrew, she was like, "Hey, let's go to this event." Her friends were coming in, so we went there, and it was um, it was bingo, right? Which seemed like a regular, you know, bingo right. seems fun. But when we got in there, I saw that it had um, THC slushies. So you can get like a $6 slushie for a small, like 10 milligrams. Okay. Or you can pay $10 for a, I think I want to say 20 um, twenty ounce slushy, so right? So you got the $10 one. So I got, I, I, you know, I, I, it was a slight night. You know, I was more interested in bingo. I was, okay. chilling, I was chilling my inner grandma. So I had a little bingo, like, pop, I'm ready. I'm a little marker. I'm going to win some today, right? Okay. So um, I got a little quick little $6, you know, okay. 10 millimeter, but milliliter. But it was it was cool. I had a really good time. They they messed me up. I, ain't gonna okay. lie. I was already, I, I was feeling bingo. I ain't never been that much into bingo. I was like, oh, why am I, why am I swaying back and forth? 
off like this. It was it was a good time, but okay. um, but yeah, but then I also noticed when I was getting the slushy, they had um THC, right? So I was like, this mm-hmm. is weird. Knowing what I know about dispensaries, <laughs> right? You can't showcase that, and you can't have events in the dispensary, right? So mm-hmm. I was a little bit, you know, trying to figure everything out, but because they specify it as a TAC lounge, mm. you know, is they're able to do a lot of those things. So mm. yeah, it was cool. Let me get the let me get the Addy real quick because so the address so the name of the spot is once again TAC by Shitiva. Okay. It's located um, in 1948 West North Avenue, and it is a lounge slash cafe. Um, so like I said, that's how they're able to get um, events as well as the um, you know the different weed that they had in there. Um, it was a vibe. It was okay. definitely a vibe. I walked in, there was plants everywhere. You know, you know, I'm I'm a plant man. I got a few plants at the crib. So I was like, oh, this this touched my soul. <laughs> um, they did have this security guy, but he was like, hey man, go to this little area. You had to sign up, get the picture taken, and you're good to go. I don't okay. know what it was okay. for. I just it, we, you know we, what we it just, was for. Yeah, you know, you know, just I, the one officer that was in there <laughs> cutting the fool. This is him. <laughs> No, we took his picture because we knew this is some good shit. Here he is. Cutting up. Cutting up. <laughs> so it was, um, once we did that, we sat down, um, and then we played bingo for like an hour and a half. Um, mm-hmm. You can win really dope prizes there. So bingos are Tuesday nights. Okay. Um, the music was good, really good R&B, rap music. Um, and it was in, I want to say, Wicker Park area. Okay. Um, yeah, in, the, in that little area. Very fun, very engaging. Um, the staff was amazing. Um, they were able to have like maybe four or five different slushy options mm-hmm. um and it was just it was just a cool environment it was like diverse a lot of people from all different types of walks of life um and then i also looked at their website they have a bunch of other events like they have pain and puff days they have um like i said the bingo nights they have yoga there okay, you know yeah. i want to be high and do yoga yeah I just stretching and then talking that's right. amazing that's, right? I like gotta that. be, it's gotta be some enlightenment <laughs> Gotta be. <laughs> so it was it was a good time and we'll talk about a little bit more as far as the five blunt rap later on. Okay. But like it was yeah, it was it was a really good time. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um I was definitely jealous because I didn't go on that review with you. But I will you be went. there. I know, I know. I want some free stuff. They had they had some really good prize. I want like a like a, a free slushy next time I go. Okay. Um they have sponsorships, so I want like a free burger at the IO, you know, theater. Um and then if you win, of course bingo, you know, there's really big prizes. But if um say you get like and then they had different type of bingos, but say you have like a, a full board bingo, so all mm-hmm. the pieces are, you know, taken care of in like twenty spots. Mm-hmm. You win like a like a like a uh, a Bears tickets or something okay, like that or some me, big items like that. So let me make sure they know about bingo. Yeah, Tuesday at Tuesday. at Shati, okay. TAC by T very fun. Okay. okay, so um, on my jealous research when I was looking, I was like, I want to be like Kadeem. What's going on with Shativa? Um, when I scrolled down, I saw their um true social equity. And it says, as a local woman, minority, and veteran-owned business, we fight corporate greed and Walmart weed by producing and offering an artisanal craft experience for our customers. More importantly, we give back and contribute a portion of our revenues to help fund ECCSC, which is ex-cons for community and social change. 
so that those who have been disproportionately impacted by the war on drugs can be reintegrated into society and have been given skills to positively rebuild these communities. Um, and I was like, I will buy a slushie for that. Yeah. Right. That's beautiful. Just knowing that you're getting money, but making sure the money goes to disenfranchised community that were impacted by, right. you know, we'll get into it today. The, the war on drugs. Absolutely. So, um, first of all, I found out that you know a lot about the war on drugs. I dabbled in little some of my research back in um, grad school. I did a lot of education <laughs> um, for um, how do incarcerated people still get um, still get go through education, right? As mm. far as post secondary correctional education programs, um, which ties hand in hand with the war on drugs, because um, we're going to get into all the history. But in '94, when the bill, when the crime bill was passed by Clinton, mm-hmm. um, it made it so. Um, incarcerated people could not get the Pell Grant, right? Which right. Could, was essentially cut pretty much all funding for those people. Um, and now it's coming back. I was doing a lot of um, nonprofit work and organizations at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign um, that were supporting um, these people, you know, going inside, teaching, you know, college-level courses. Um, it's called Education Justice Project. Amazing work that they were doing in Champaign. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, that's, that's essentially um, how I kind of learned a lot more on the war on drugs outside of, you know, family, you know, being impacted and things like family and friends being impacted and things like that. Okay. Um, unlike you, all I knew about the war on drugs was um, American Gangster uh, with Denzel Washington, right? That's a good, that's a good intro. That's <laughs> right? like a course right there. Okay. And I just knew the phrase, right? And then Snowfall just came out, and I was like, that's got to be a war on somebody's drugs, that's right? It. That's it. Frank Lucas back in the right? American games, you know, right? you call it blue magic, you call it red magic, bro. <laughs> yeah. It's a brand. Classic. A brand okay. <laughs> I stand by it. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, let me educate myself. One thing that I found out, um, even though this won't be po- uh, posted on this day, we're recording this on June 14th, and June 18th, 1971 is when the term war on drugs was coined so it will be 52 years and four days that this thing called war on drugs was a thing so i thought that was interesting and um for people like what are they talking about war on drugs uh the war on drugs is or yeah is because it's still currently ongoing it's still going okay Um, It is an effort in the United States since the 1970s to combat illegal drug use by greedy increasing or by excuse me, by greatly increasing penalties, enforcement and incarceration for drug offenders. The war on drugs began in June 1971, like I said, by your boy Nixon. Okay. Yeah. And the interesting part with that is there there was a precursor to the war on drugs, right? Mm. So think about um the FBI, right? So mm. um J. Edgar Hoover back in the day when um when what's my Lady Day drew um Billy Holiday, right? Mm. Billy Holiday, that's a really great um 
Netflix or it might have been Hulu story about her with um with Andra cool. Day, um and her life story. But she was the first person that was really impacted by the war on drugs because of it was a it was termed a morality issue, right? This yeah. isn't something just you know people can do and thinking about it during the time when it was big, right? Before the seventies, the fifties and sixties, the you know when civil rights movement was going on when pe- when black people were getting their rights. So it was already a morality issue of how can we get these people that we really don't want in our spaces? We attack their recreational uses, right? So mm-hmm. we attack what they were doing and criminalize that to the point where we can get them out of society, lock them up. And I think that was a really big precursor. Of if you look at what happened to Billie Holiday her whole life and how the FBI really targeted her. And that's how J. Edgar Hoover really got his start um, by really enforcing um, you know, penalties against her, how to segwayed into the um the war on drugs so yeah that's insane that is insane um also what i think is interesting is the use of the term drugs right because when i think of drugs i think of crack i think of cocaine think of heroin i think of needles I think of crackheads. Mm-hmm. I think of like big meth. Like I think of all of that shit. And ironically, the opioid epidemic didn't start till the nineties, like the eighties and nineties. So they were literally just talking about weed. Mm-hmm. And it literally is like you said, we are trying to target these people because it looked like they had a lot of fun smoking their weed. Had a good time. Go to jail. <laughs> yeah. It go is, to jail. Why? Because you, if you go back to those um, ads back in the day, the ads were. <sighs> High key races, yes. right? Like you, yes. you smoking with this black guy, he gon' he gon' he gon' touch it, he gon' touch your white daughters, he gon' do all this stuff because he's off the weed, man. He's off like Stephen A. Off the weed. Off the so weed. it was already uh before the seventies really came, it was already a stigmatization of of drugs. So by the time the seventies hit, people were already on board of okay, we need to get these people out of society because there was once again disinformation about what weed and other drugs like that will do to people. So it came like oh we need to get these people out of our societies absolutely absolutely um and so the war on drugs directly affected mass incarceration mm-hmm. and mass incarceration what we now know is is just modern day slavery modern day slavery so it literally was like a vicious cycle and so part of even the mission with the podcast that we're doing is not only to highlight these different places, but to highlight specifically minorities and people who have been disenfranchised by these ridiculous laws, right? Now creating space in a legal way mm-hmm. and kind of getting like some energetic reparations, right? I like that. And so I really love that they were like helping the ex-cons and like trying to like like you said, like, let's get them back into society and, like, all the other stuff. Because it really is something. One, this is not the first episode or the only episode where we'll be talking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is an issue because it's, like, still people in jail. Like, I had two dime bags and I ain't seen my family in 20 years. In 20 years. And it happened. And it's, at this point, it's it's a, it's a, it's the legality of it all, right? It's not even this, it's not even this 
people doing it anymore. It's a whole system that was built up, you know, 20, 30 years ago, right? In the yep. 70s, there was only 300,000 people that were locked up, right? If we fast forward it to today, there are 5 million people that have been impacted by the legal system, right? When you talk about the 2 million that are currently, 2.3 million that are currently incarcerated, people on house arrest, people in jail, not to mention the, the kids of incarcerated people, the loved <clears throat> ones of incarcerated people, right? So, you know, there's a lot of stacks that people are, stacks that are already, um, that people already know, right? Like America, 5% of the population in the world, but 25% of its prison population, right? Mm -hmm. So when you really look at those numbers, Numbers like this idea that um, in order to get desire undesirable people out of the system, out of the society, you have to lock them up, right? And that goes hand in hand with um, the boom of the the prison industry, yep. the boom of private prisons. So now That's you have, one. you know, I, I just opened up a prison. I need 10,000 people in order for, to get the profit. The states have already connected with these um, private prisons. So now I almost have to create um, criminals in order to get them to fill up to make my profit back so yeah that's that's literally insane also what I thought was insane as I'm like just you know googling trying to find fun facts one of the little pop-ups was like how much does the war on drugs cost and I was like that's a great question mm -hmm. how much does it cost enforcing the drug control system costs at least 100 billion dollars billion would it be Billion, billion with a B like baseball billion dollars a year federal spending in the United States alone totals around 15 billion dollars annually and according to one estimate state and local drug related criminal justice expenditures ooh, amount to 25.7 billion dollars this is just Billions of dollars. And so this brings me to my next point, right? So I made the joke about American Gangster and Snowfall. But what I see being publicized, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, is the government is like, drugs are bad. Don't do drugs. Don't sell drugs. But these drugs over here cost this amount. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can pick it up for me here. And they are literally facilitating the drugs, but saying don't use the drugs. How's that work? Exactly. Brokering, brokering a deal where you're getting money, but also making criminals, right? Especially these undesirables, right? right? These under unquote unquote undesirable neighborhoods, right? So you can use the case study of of Snowfall, one of the best shows for the past six yes. years, right? The fact that you know if if a that duality of what America is, right? I don't mm -hmm. want to get too political, but it is like this idea of, you know, we're this perfect society and anyone that deviates from that is a criminal, especially with drugs. But, you know, you're trying to fight an illegal war in order to make money off of that war. Yeah. You take the product of these, um, you know, third world country, Nicaragua, for the um, for the example of Snowfall, using their main import or main export, which is cocaine. Putting it into the black communities, making crack, destroying d hundreds of thousands of, you know, people in the mm -hmm. process. You know, we're still feeling that generational, you know, thing yes. of today. Absolutely. And just watching it play out while still arresting these people based off the, the drugs that you're putting into the um, into the communities. It's yeah. crazy. It, it's insane. And I just... How's that work? Where does the money go? Like, I can't get reparations, but y'all got billions of dollars to fight something that y'all 
perpetuating. Exactly. Make it make sense. It's almost like that, you know, we always talk about um, history, right? Like I said, a big fan of history. Um, Low-key nerd, as Kale <laughs> calls me. But I think it's really true. If you follow if you follow where things have been, you'll see where you're going, right? Like mm-hmm. when you're talking about the, the 1700s, right? 1800s, who built mm-hmm. the country? Black okay. people. When you go to okay. the 1970s up until then, when you're talking about America, you know, fighting wars, America always fighting wars and things like that. Who, who who is really paying for that? Black communities through you know the war on drugs, right? Mm-hmm. You got to get the money to fight Russia and other places. You know that's how it usually goes. Okay, so I just thought about this. <clears throat> what would be because like clearly there's still a war on drugs, right? Mm-hmm. Even though there's like these little spaces for legalities, there's still like very clearly like no, I won't send your ass to jail, right? Mm-hmm. What does a happy medium look like? What do you mean happy medium of of like no we're there's not a war on drugs and like also smoky weed like <laughs> I, I think it's starting um you know a lot of people have been taken out of ju- of the judicial system since mm-hmm. the war um well since um weed has become legal in a lot of states um i would love to see everybody like a mass exodus yes. of people just walking out in the streets um yes. that are you know dealing with drug offenses um but i think a lot of it goes down into what is the purpose of prison in our society right mm. like you have to think about that really get deep down into that conversation because you know there's other countries that see you know criminality as a societal issue right if someone doesn't have enough food doesn't have enough education in order to further their life to really get a job in order to provide for their family what is the alternative right so Mm -hmm. if you look at it there's different ways you can look at oh that person a criminal or is the societal criminal right Mm. you have to look at who has access Mm. and resources so a lot of it is trying to figure out what is america's place in that Mm -hmm. for so long it was it was something where we it was a punitive right Mm -hmm. if you do this you're going to be punished by doing that right there's other ways restorative justice where it makes sense to include you know not only necessarily looking at what harm was done but what has society played a part in that criminality to be there right Absolutely. so i think is i think of it uh i think of it as restorative justice there has to be a process where if, if a wrong is committed, how do we make sure this person is brought back into society yes. and being able to enjoy life after they, you know, finish, you know, whatever serving time, even in a serving time. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a punitive process. Right. You know, there's you know, you you don't get access to anything when you're in prison. Mm-hmm. Right? I would love to see, you know. Like the work that I was doing with um, post-secondary correctional education, right? Mm-hmm. College and prison programming. Mm-hmm. Why can't that be more of a mainstay in supporting people? Because even after people leave the judicial system, there are laws set up where you aren't able to, you know, win, right? Absolutely. Like I was listening to a podcast a couple of days ago and I was, uh, there was a guy talking about, you know, there's so many laws that you wouldn't even think about that goes back into recidivism, right? Which mm. is a person, um, recidivism, recidivism is basically the likelihood of a person, um, you know, going back to jail, right? Mm-hmm. Or going back to prison, back into the legal system. So if you look at that, think of a, one of the laws stating, you know, you can't live in certain communities, right? You can't live in certain, like the 
there's background checks, which is, you know, things are changing. No, mm-hmm. that ban the box is real. It's happening in a lot of states. But, you know, other states, you can't live in different neighborhoods, right? Yeah. So then you have to go back to the same neighborhoods where crime is more rampant, right? Absolutely. There's not enough resources. So now you're back in the same environment that got you to where you were. So yeah. I think it goes back into a lot of, you know, what are we doing and how can we really support people? I think I know how to win the war on drugs. Talk to me. Tell everybody to do drugs. Mm. Think about it. First of all, me personally, never touch the stuff because I've seen a crackhead before. I don't want to do that. You see this? He did drugs. (laughs) I don't want to be like this man. That's a good indicator. Right? If you just scared straight everybody... This is what drugs looks like. I like this. So right? Straight, you have people. Do okay. the fucking, because also, whenever you tell somebody, don't do something, you're like, oh, I gotta do it. You're mm-hmm. telling me don't do this. I have to do it. The only reason why I drink is because it's like, oh, you're not supposed to, okay, I wasn't supposed to drink when I was 20. Let's do it. I'm gonna do it. Exactly. I'm gonna do it. So, if you tell people, no, do you want to do crack? Here is crack. Please do it, and it will destroy your life. I think people be like, I don't think I should do that crack. Yeah. I don't think I should do that. Even in weed, right? Exactly. Weed hasn't been, because it was illegal, illegal for so, so much. Now people, it's legal. Most people, eh, it's cool. It's Literally. Weed, it's nobody's fighting over weed. Nobody's, there's no tussle because it's like, oh, it's just weed. Relax. Yeah. I'm interested in seeing how Oregon does that because Oregon mm. is one of those states that are pretty much legalizing everything. Yeah, um, I heard about that. Mushrooms, I think. Heroin as well, like yeah. pretty much everything yes. in Oregon, whatever you want. I think that's the ticket. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I think addictive personalities. That's a whole nother thing, right? Yep. But if you are of sound mind and body and regular addictions, if you do something, it's like, oh, I don't like how I felt. You gonna stop doing it? Yeah. Or you'll be a crackhead. Either way, you will have learned. <laughs> you see what I I'm like saying? That. You will have learned your lesson yeah like i'm that like you get too drunk you like oh i need to stop it too and figure out your limit i have been too high before and i was like you know what don't finish the whole blunt learned it (laughs) (laughs) lesson learned learned. i think there is something to say about you know we're talking about the reasons why people you know get into those hard drugs it's never like oh i'm having a great life let me just <laughs> check this out right there's always exactly underlying factors that yeah. impact a lot of things whether mm-hmm. it's trauma you know losing jobs losing resources so all that goes back i think all that goes back into society if we Absolutely. really internal if we really look at society and see if there's ways to to minimize people's need to escape that um, when things go bad um, I think we'll be in a better space to even you know like you said do the scare straight program because people are able to say okay I have this X amount of things happening for me maybe I don't need to try you know maybe the harder drugs yeah I um, I wonder if I don't know like I wonder if we even still like as much information as we can google as we know about like the war on drugs and that like yes the government has a hand in it i wonder do we still like even know you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i wonder because there's so many different intricate parts to it right like we talked about mass incarceration the private uh the privatization of prisons things like that like there's so many underlining things it's like I kind of feel like y'all just said the war on drugs, so we're not looking at the, what the real war is. Exactly. I you think know? that's huge. I think, yeah. And I think with the way it works now, you can 
be in a bubble and mm-hmm. only know what you want to know with the group that you're in. I'm from Alabama, right? It's always the criminality issue. There's no yeah. issue with the system. You, know, yeah. you decide to do this, so you need to go to jail. You need to pay the crime, right? Pay the punishment for the crime. But in other regards, I do think, you know, things like uh, Snowfall and, you know, American Gangster and, you know, Narcos, all those yeah, other Narcos dope spots that or dope um, entertainment or dope shows are kind of pointing the light because pop, you know, pop culture is where you get a lot of the yep. information. Um, even the documentary 13 back in the day, right? Yeah, so that was stuff good too. like that is you learn through watching things because, you know, you might feel it like the, the situation with mass incarceration is mass, right? Mm. But if you don't don't know that that narrative is important right like if if i'm dealing with a person that if my dad went to prison right for selling drugs you know there's a feeling of shame there's a right. feeling of not being one able to tell people but if you see half the people in the neighborhood mm. are dealing with that then maybe you can't really analyze my own story <laughs> this seems like a little bit more systematic right this, if you do it you do you dealing with it it's not just me, right right, right, right. So i think that, that's that's important real. to just kind of keep in mind too okay what is something you think that we can do just like as regular civilians to be mindful of people who have been affected by the war on drugs and also like just not perpetuate that energy? That's a good question. I think a lot of it is just in really analyzing your own biases with formerly incarcerated people. Um, You know, I think when you think of a, a ex-con, right? Even yeah. the way we say that, right? Like, um, I was when I was in grad school, and it's supposed to be, it's not funny right now, right? We go, we, this, this is one of those things, it's hard laugh. to talk about mass incarceration. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it's one of those things where I think is the naming of those people, right? Absolutely. Incarcerated people, you know, versus convict and things like mm-hmm. that. So I think that's one easy thing we can do. And also, you know, talk to your local politicians, right? The band the box method of getting, you know, the question are you formally incarcerated have you served time Mm. get that off of you know um the housing leases right get that Mm. off of you know apartment rentals you know jobs and things like that so people can really integrate back into society so they don't have to feel like hey you know now i gotta get back on the block in order to protect and you know make sure i have enough food to eat right so i think that's a lot of it too so i want to play a little bit of devil's advocate because i actually like the idea of somebody who has been in jail for weed not having to put you know i was in jail on a rental application but Mm -hmm. also if you killed seven people i kind of want to know if you're gonna move my building that's true that's true so how do you navigate like those fine lines is it just like okay if it's just weed then we're gonna like schedule these down or if it's like because there is a certain amount of as much as I want to be like, no, let all of the people who have been incarcerated just come back into the community. Mm-hmm. Also, lead that nigga Dahmer where he at. Like, you know what I mean? Like, don't. Yeah. I, I want to separate the crazies from the, you fucked up. My bad. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. I think go, <clears throat> uh, two things for that, right? Mm-hmm. So I think there is, I noticed this when I, was in, when I was, you know, doing a lot of this work. There is a difference in how people perceive, you know, Violent crimes mm-hmm. versus, um, you know, um, drug offenses, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of it is important to know, like, you know, a lot of people who go through the prison system, you know, 
it's not just like you said, mass violence, right? Yeah. You know, I think now when you're talking about you know people who've shot five or six people, that's a real conversation in terms of mass shootings mm-hmm. versus a misunderstanding that happened in 1980 where one person was shot, right? Yeah. It's important to keep in mind like um, crime usually or the your tendency to commit crime usually goes down as you get older, right? You don't hear a lot of 50, 60 year old you know pulling out a knife and you know doing Shut what they the got to do, right? Exactly. 60. So I think it's important to go back to that. Keep that in mind, okay. um, but also, what are they learning inside the system, right? That's it goes back one. to that. If you keep a man for 30 years and all he knows is protect myself, you know, while I'm in prison, not learning any skills, not learning ways to deal with that anger, not knowing how to deal with emotions and knowing mm-hmm. how to put those in perspective, then, you know, when you get out 40 years later, what do you really, what have you learned in the last, you know, 40 years? So I think it's important we have to analyze the, the system yeah. as much as we analyze, you know, individual cases. Absolutely. I agree with that. There definitely needs to be like strong analysis and like reformation when it comes to the whole system because there's got to be like a it's too black and white it's got to be some gray in there it's got to be some color it's got to be some you know purple some something pink, you know something. like a, make it more of a starburst literally because i really like what you said as far as like <clears throat> i got into a tuffle and somebody got shot and like no i just shot up an entire school mm-hmm. i think we need to approach these two things differently different. and different. there's not enough yeah like individuality it's like hey all of y'all eat this same nasty crap all of y'all go to sleep at this time all of y'all yeah and it's not really about reformation and i think it is something about being institutionalized Because, right, all of you guys are having the same experience. So you are being institutionalized. And for somebody who really did have a dime bag of weed or, like, Mm -hmm. accidentally stabbed somebody (laughs) to be in the same place with Mr. Mass Murderer, that's got to be a thing. It's different, right? Now you you have to adapt in that environment versus, you know, you selling a dime bag when you were 18, right? That almost turns you into this. Exactly. Talk about criminality, right? And I think... We've done this before, right? We we know what justice looked like for the opioid people, right? Yep. People who are, you know, and it, it is different, right? When you look at demographics, you know, when you look at weed and crack, it's very darker versus, mm-hmm. you know, the opioid crisis, which, you know, even the way we talk about it, right? Opioid mm-hmm. crisis, crisis versus the war on drugs, right? So I think that goes back into we know how to deal with this depending on who it is, right? Mm-hmm. So when you look at, you know, uh, when you look at Jamal, Jamal mm-hmm. went through the, you know, went through the war on drugs. Right, mm-hmm. he's a criminal. He's a, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a person who went through that. But yes. you know, when you look at, you know, Brandon, Brandon, you know, just, Brandon has a disease. Yeah, he got a disease. Brandon is fighting a disease, battle, right? Yeah. So even the way they're marketing those two things is, you know, by design. Mm. So that's very, very true. I agree. Okay. Yeah, but I think it's, I think it's, I mean, I think the best part about. You know, watching it on pop culture, right? When you talk mm-hmm. about, you know, Snowfall and, you know, you get a chance to really, they paint the picture of it. It's Absolutely. not just, you know, you know, a, a, a rap sheet and people are going to jail handcuffed. Like, this is a story how, you know, Franklin, if you watch Snowfall, right? Franklin was trying to go to school. Oh, that Franklin. hurt my feelings. Yeah, we can talk about how. that. I, I was upset about it because uh, it took me a minute. But what would be the best way? How He can't walk into the sunset. Why not? One. One, why not? I was in the same boat, but if say Franklin had a did what he did what he did and got the money, since he had to let him, you know, get the money, would the government have let him live? Yeah. 
because everybody else would have been alive. You really think Teddy would have forgave pouring acid on that man's chest or uh, grease on that man's chest? So here's the thing. After you pour acid on my chest, I believe that you'll pour acid on my chest and I'm not going to fuck with you. Like, this is what I was like. I feel like Franklin proved his crazy and it was like, maybe I don't want to mess with this crazy dude. I, I think You really I don't. Think, you think they would have just came back for him? I think Reed is very vindictive. I yeah. think he, he yeah. followed his dad all the way to Cuba. That's true. And shot him. Like I think, I (laughs) think, I do feel like I don't know. We go through the weeds on this, but I think you know. At first, I was pissed because like you want to, you want to win, right? He put all this energy, he made all these sacrifices, but at the same time, (laughs) if you look at all the things that Franklin did over six seasons, yeah, he was a wild boy. Why are we rooting for this man? I mean, he was a wild boy. I'm crazy. Yeah, he was a wild boy, but also. I feel like he was externally institutionalized. Like, no, he wasn't in prison, but they, like, Teddy molded this man into not just a criminal, an insane criminal. Yeah. The devil. The de- literally, the literally, he became the devil, and that came from this little demon that came up. Like, do you want some drugs? Like, that's a wild shit. Yeah, and I think it goes back to like you know what happened to Franklin Dean, right? Became right. pretty much a whino, right? Drinking, <sighs> a drunk. So you know, how many people do we have in our own communities so that many. touch the precipice of success, right? Of you know literally. the drug game, and you know they always say you either end up dead or in jail. Like he didn't end up. You know, dead or in jail, so this is has to be the the next step. I would mm-hmm. love to see him at least walk away with a meal or two, at least something. You know, start a can a, he a have a house or something, <laughs> an apartment, a car. He ain't got flip flops. We got to do him like that. A dirty white beard. He didn't have no <laughs> sleeves, bro. We can't give Franklin some sleeves. Give him a sweater. Like that's how we got him out here. Just dirty. What? They, they did. Yeah, I agree. It took a minute because that hurt my heart. Hurt my soul. I'm like, why would we do it? He was so... When Jerome got got, like I knew. We I literally... He's going to become a snowfall podcast. Listen, right? <laughs> Tune in next episode. But <laughs> we'll go from first season. No. But, no I, but it also, I think, is, like you said, very indicative of like real life. This is what's happening to people, and nobody even knows it. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, you're getting, my parents were drug dealers, <laughs> and nobody even knows it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It is wild. Um, thank God they stopped before they became crackheads. Right, like, yeah. apparently that's what happened. You either be successful or a crackhead. They didn't do either one. So yeah. It's hard, right? Because you go through <laughs> that and just, especially when you're the, the U.S. That has to be a weird position, right? Yeah. When you're the donkey for the U.S., but you know you can you can lose your life and lose your freedom at any time doing yeah. things you know for the country. Yeah. Damn them. That's absolutely so. Um, I think a takeaway from this episode is don't fuck with the government. Don't don't, don't, <laughs> don't fuck with the government. Don't the fuck government. With the government. <laughs> Sell your own nickel bag, but don't get in contact with the FBI. <laughs> don't don't be Franklin Saint. <laughs> If a white man walks up to you and wants to sell you drugs, <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> okay. I, I, no. I pass. I pass. I'm good. No, thank you. <laughs> Can it be real? Taught me better. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is the knowledge that we want to get to the people. White man, suit and tie, selling drugs equals no. What's that? Mm-hmm. 
Unless you wearing a poncho, I don't trust you. <laughs> exactly. I need you to not have on shoes. <laughs> That's a flip flop. What? Sandals. We gotta be in a festival, <laughs> and you gotta be dirty. <laughs> okay. If you too clean, I don't want your drugs. Okay. I want you to be like, bro. I got this. I trust you. I trust you, Brad. Exactly. Where's magic, man? Exactly. Gotta have a poncho. Gotta have a ponytail. Ponies in the pot. What? With greasy skin. Like, that's yes, the only way I trust Because you don't take care of yourself. Because mm-hmm. you're selling drugs. <laughs> exactly. You want to hustle. You want to grind every day. Every fucking day. I'm here for that. No. Okay. Um, we actually came up with a new way or a more defined way mm-hmm. to get to our five blunt wraps. Would you like to explain to the people what our new five criteria are? I got you. I got you. So, we came up with this uh, method to really critically as well as accurately really um i guess judge or um review the the the, the companies and pod ca- uh, companies as well as um you know drug related um i don't know what i'm trying to say what yeah the, Dr- the, 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 the cannabis industry the, yeah the cannabis yeah and the you, people who be doing cannabis I mean, right yeah. now <laughs> we've been talking about some dark stuff. i got it through boo right messed up <laughs> like, what are we doing Ooh. is this about we <laughs> <laughs> I have to bring it back, kids. That was a wild transition. <laughs> People getting locked up. Franklin State, guilty or not. Dead. You over there, tense. Review. Blue Review. <laughs> oh, well, all right. Oh, all right. We're reviewing the justice system. Ooh. I'm about to become Cornell West. This, you see, brother, you, this is what we got to do in order to change the system. Oh, that okay. is hilarious. All right. So, the um, blunt wraps, right? Yes. This is how we judge the Canada industries that we're, that we're reviewing every week. So the first criteria, customer service, right? Yes. If you out here, you know, good weed, but, you know, you spitting in my face, breath stank, <laughs> saying rude things to me. No, I don't want to be a part of that industry, Please right? I don't want to be a part of this area. Before you yeah. sell Canadian weed. And smile. Don't, <laughs> you know, just take a smile. It's yeah. nasty. Um, we also are judging based off of... Um, pricing, right? Yeah. As far as the amount, you don't want to spend an arm and leg trying mm-hmm. to get a trying to get a trying to get an eighth, right? Mm-hmm. Range of selections. Yes. I, like I said, I don't want just gas. You know, <laughs> give me different types of strands of weed and different products. You know, that'll go a long way. We also are judging the vibe, right? Yeah. So vibes are the look. Is it clean? Mm-hmm. You know, is it can I is it is it Instagram worthy? Right? Yes. Can I take a picture right. and get over a hundred likes? That's how I judge it. If I can't. <laughs> The vibe might be off a little okay, bit. Okay, okay. And then lastly, my favorite one, the funk meter, yes. right? What is that originality? Give yes. me, give put a little funk on it. Put a little, put a little pizzazz on the shit, right? I like a little seasoning on it a okay. little bit. So what is the okay. what is the originality factor that makes me feel like is this a fun, safe place for me to be a part of? Mm-hmm. Um for Shativa, I think Shativa had all of that. The customer service was lit. Okay. Um the pricing was very good. Six dollars ten milligrams. You yeah. can't beat that. You can't. Um the range selection they have maybe five or six different types of um, slushies mm-hmm. and like eight selections of um, cannabis um, products. Okay. The vibe was cool. They had like a little, um, they had some greenery. Like I said, I'm, okay. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the of the um, of the flowers okay. and the different um, you know plants and things like that. Okay. Um, the funk meter was pretty dope too. So I would give it. 
I would give it a I would give it a, a four point four point eight. Okay, a four point eight. I like that. High. It's pretty high. I mean, you know. if you come over my house and play bingo and smoke weed, you better give me a four point eight. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. Okay. Bingo. I was I, right. I got a little war. I got a little prize from them too. So I wore my first bingo. <laughs> okay. Game. Oh yeah, that's and definitely real nice and clapping. I was mad when people kept winning. Like, give me something. I'm about to snatch <laughs> some off from my flip a table, low key. <laughs> okay, cool. Four point eight. That's pretty high. Okay, we like that. Yeah, no, I got the. We got the. We got okay. the. The blueprint now. Like now, I know, you yes. know, what to give it. Okay. Um. So we're at the end of the episode. So I have a few questions for you guys. The first one is: Have you or someone you've known been affected by the war on drugs? <clears throat> if you have, let us know in the comments, or you can go ahead and send us an email to canbeareal at gmail dot com. Um, the second question is, what are your ideas um, in regards to resolving the war on drugs? Mm. What kind of questions do you guys have about that? Um, same thing, put it in the comments. And what's another question, Kadeem? Um, what is your favorite drug movie slash TV <sighs> show? Yes, that is good. What is your favorite? No, there's a few out there. Man, there's a lot of it. You know one I just thought? Um, what's the girl, the chick? The chick. Was, oh, freak. It wasn't what, Narcos. Was it a movie or a show? No, it was a show. Queen. Queen of the South? Yes. I haven't seen Queen of the South. Kadeem, what? I've heard good things. I've heard good Kadeem, things. Kadeem, what? How good things? Take a, take a vacation from work, from and your job, from your livelihood, <laughs> and watch this show, okay? Stop with you. Matter of fact, end of podcast. <laughs> Go watch this Get show. The TV out. Let's start episode one. Let's watch. Literally. <laughs> Oh my God! But no, that's a good one. Yes, please let us know what your favorite um, drug movie or drug um, show is. Yeah, that's I really cool. like. Um, I was name of that Breaking Bad was good. The I Snowfall was I, good too. I didn't finish Breaking Bad. Wow! I know. I'm a queen of the south. Why are you? Mm. I, I, I know. Sad. Okay. So you got homework to do too. <laughs> Okay. You're right. I will quit my job and watch Cricket Bash. You're right. So there's a few really good ones out there. So definitely just send us all the information. Yeah. Um, once again, shout out to Lincoln Lodge. Um, mm-hmm. You can follow them. Um, they are number one in, as far as I'm concerned, in Chicago for comedy as well as um, podcasts. And jackets. And jackets. And jackets, son. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Get that merch. Um, yeah, if you if y'all can follow um, the, the page, how can they follow yeah. the, the Instagram? I mean, um, how can they follow the podcast can it be real on all platforms we have a patreon we have a instagram we have a twitter we have a tiktok and we have youtube and also you're listening to this so we're on all the podcast platforms yep 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 and where can we find you kadeem Oh, yeah, if y'all want to follow your boy, Kadeem, <laughs> a.k.a. the Bama Burner, a.k.a. Big Loud, Never Silent, um, you can follow me at Full of Comedy, F-U-L-L-A Comedy, um, on Instagram, um, TikTok, as well as YouTube. Awesome. And if you guys want to follow Kills the Comic, a.k.a. Kills the Comic. Follow it up. Follow it up. We're going to get the creation up. We're going to get that funk meter up. Um, what we're going to do is follow me at K-E-L-L-S-T-H-A, almost like T-H-C, hmm? mm. all right, K-O-M-I-C on all platforms. And yeah, I'll be there and you can find um, links to Canopy Real through either one of our platforms as well. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Cool, y'all. Um, this has been another episode of Canopy Real, mm-hmm. um, where we talk about all things um, cannabis. Until yep. next time. Peace. Peace. Out. peace.
you can pull it to the kickback We know what you want in here All the drinks is colder than my ex's pussy You can still that Boy, who do you know in here? Don't know what you with your girl can stay you wanna, I'ma hit that Come on, marijuana All these niggas wanna smoke You can sell it if you wanna You can flip that Baby, you relax and go kickback Baby, you can pull it to the kickback